success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelak, and I'm so glad that you're here with us today because I have the most amazing guest, Amanda. Hello, Dr. Amanda. How are you? Hey there. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. So I'm super glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for your time. So give our peeps a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do. Ooh, that's a big one. That could take us a long time. <laughs> um, I am, my name is Amanda Barrientes. My company is NFA. I didn't ask if I could swear on your podcast, can I? Oh, you can't. Well, we can, we can swap out podcasts. So yes, you're more than welcome to drop, drop all the F-bombs you want when we do the little <laughs> blue pill for business. So we will just, uh, we'll record for that one. Then we'll edit for the other one. How's that sound? <laughs> it works I, I don't have to but you know like my company name has a swear word in it so it was, I awesome okay so we're yes. definitely doing a little blue pill then you are good to go yeah free free for all <laughs> okay okay awesome okay yeah so my company name is nfa no fucking around money and i work with coaches and online entrepreneurs i help them heal their money their relationship to money so that they can charge what they're worth get over imposter syndrome fears doubts all the things that keep them really stuck in visibly. So often people think, oh, my business isn't working because I don't know the right ad to put out and I'm not doing my content right. And so they focus on all the details of their business instead of focusing on the their mindset, their energy, their beliefs, their feelings around money in general, because that's going to affect your fears of sales, perfectionism, doubts, uncertainties, working really hard, not charging what you're worth, all those things. And so that's what I love to help entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs work with. And so it started for me because I was on food stamps. So I, I was on food stamps and then built my business to six figures in the first year. And so, you know, with that big, huge shift in the way that I was showing up in the world, I thought, oh my God, I want to help other people be released from the awfulness of victim-mindedness, survival fears, and really be able to build businesses that they enjoy. So that's my, that's the 5,000 foot view. That is awesome. <laughs> so we will get to the pivot story and all the goodness of how you go from food stamps going, hey, this is awesome, life is good. Um, because I know a lot of people are there right now in the nasty, awful place of this sucks. I don't want to be here anymore. And I totally get it. And, and I know that there is a huge pivot point to being able to see things in another perspective. But before we get into that, love to know. So uh, when you're working with people like who do you love to serve and support? What do you do with them? How does that look out there? 
Um, I, so I work with any type of online entrepreneurs. I actually have worked with all kinds of entrepreneurs, could be brick and mortar, but mostly online entrepreneurs because that's the direction things are going these days. And um, I do all kinds of different stuff. So I do one-on-one, I have groups, I have courses, um, writing a book in the process. I have a podcast, a YouTube channel. So I do all kinds of stuff to help my people and uh, in various ways. And I use different methods and strategies to help them get conscious about what's been blocking them. So I always start people with my money blocks profile and then walk them through a money story. And then I am in uh, the beginning of November, we'll be launching my charge what you're worth program. So that'll be my main program that people walk through because I've, you know, after all these, I've been in business for two and a half years and worked with lots of different types of entrepreneurs all over the world. And I've gotten to see the patterns that people experience. And they're all very, very similar. It doesn't matter if you're making $5 an hour or a million dollars an hour, people have money blocks. And so the first place I start is walking them through what's, you know, what, what's stopping them in that unconscious way. And then having them write a money story because money is an easy way on the outer to see what's going on in the inner. So I always tell people your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And if you don't like what you're getting on the outside, you got to start changing what's within. And so the, the money story helps me see like, what are those limiting fears? What are the beliefs? What are the doubts? What are the uncertainties? Even if they don't think they have them, because someone could be making a lot of money and they still have money blocks. It might just be that they're working really hard. They're feeling really stressed. They're on that burnout cycle. They're not taking care of their body. Their relationships aren't doing well because they're so hyper-focused on making sure their business succeeds that's a money block. You know, like we want to feel good about making money and we want to have a, have it be a process where we wake up in the morning. We're like, yay, I get to do my business and it's awesome and it's flowing and growing and things feel good. Right. I love that. And I have noticed that as well, especially in the more kind of quote unquote successful people, the more they're making, they're going, no, I just have to get better at what I'm doing. I'm like 98% there. I just got to get that extra 2% and then I'll be perfect. And then I'll make more money. And it's like, Wow, yeah. there is a lot of anger in that sense. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of intensity in that sense. I don't know if you know what's going on behind that, but let's start with that one because that one to me is kind of fun because I think that people who are struggling, they're like, this sucks. I don't like being here. They know that it sucks and they don't like being here. The ones that I think are the most confused actually are the ones that are making a lot more money and they just want to get that 2% better and they want to get that edge. And it's like, Wow, that is a recipe for disaster right there. It's not that you can't achieve it, but you can't do it yeah. with the same mode and methodology that you've been going down. So let's talk about them. Yeah. Unravel. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, what you just said is you, they actually could achieve it and they could keep doing it with the same mode, but they're not going to feel good when they get there. <laughs> the problem is like exactly, you're pointing out a really, an entrepreneurial mindset, right? Like the entrepreneurial mindset is like, I'm a high achiever. I'm a go-getter. I can do it. I can, I'm resourceful. I can figure it out. And so you could spend your entire life striving for that 2% and you might get it. But the, the problem with it is that right when you get there, you've already in your mind predetermined the next 2% gain. And so you're always in that mode of being on the treadmill, right? Like you never get off. And so you never get to enjoy the fruits of your labor, which means you're, you're creating a cycle for yourself that just keeps going and going and going because 
what you believe in your, is someone who has that operating is, I would say, as a money causes stress, money block, or money is scarce. So it could be money is scarce, meaning it's never going to be quite enough. I've got to keep proving myself and I've got to keep getting to the next level, which means I'm going to keep going and going and going. So this, this scarcity mentality that it's never enough, I'm never enough, my achievements aren't enough. And then the money causes stress. You create a cycle for yourself where you set up a situation where you keep working hard. You believe that money is hard to make. And you go like, I've got to stay in this constant mode of work because if I stop, what will happen? And then what you're never present in the moment to actually go like, am I doing what I enjoy? Is this working? Am I like, am I present in the moment? And so it's always that be, do, have model. People have it the exact opposite. They go like, oh, once I have that, then I'll be happy instead of going, I'm going to be happy in the now. And all the things will come to me that fulfill the happiness. Right. So one of the biggest scarcities that I've noticed is if I quit hating what I'm doing, that means I have to quit everything that I've accomplished up till now and start all over again. (laughs) What do you say (laughs) to people that think that that's the only way out? That's so, it's fascinating to think about, right? Like if I quit hating what I'm doing. I mean, first I'd say like, like, why are we doing things we hate, you know? Right. Because that's where the money is for most of them. That's what I've noticed is they stick to what they hate because that's where the money is at that point. Like they get there. It's usually when they would come to me and again, I haven't done this for years, but they would come to me and go, yeah, I just need to get that much better because when I get that much better, then I can sell my business, quit, whatever. It'll be worth something then. And then I can go on to something that I love because it's this all or nothing sort of thing that they got going on in their head. Yeah. That's what I found. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I see it a lot. I mean, I, I mostly work with people who are really, they're more, I'd say purpose driven where they're like, I really want to create a business I love, but then there's that money block. Like I can't do what I love and get make money, which is the exact same thing that's going on there where you go, once I get, once I build the business, I hate to the point that it's successful, then I'll do what I love. And I always tell people, you can't get what you want doing what you don't want to do. You can't have a successful, fulfilled life where you wake up in the morning and feel good. If you're doing things you hate every day. Like it's, it won't happen. You will, you might be able to build the business to where it's sellable and you make a lot of money. And at that point, you have trained yourself for so long habitually to do things you don't like to do. You will likely do it again. And you won't be able to enjoy and relax into the money that you made from building the business anyway. And so it's always about coming from that place first of going like, am I enjoying what I'm doing? What am I building? Am I building myself a prison or am I building myself freedom? Am I building myself a job where I wake up every day and I hate it? Or am I building myself joyful freedom every day and inspiration? And, you know, it's like, you know, I go like, we can't exchange our life energy because it's our most precious commodity for things we hate because we're miserable every day. You know, and if you think about just frequency of, of the, of, of the energy you put out there and the thoughts that you put out there, if you're in the frequency of constant hate and fear and anger and frustration and resentment, that's what you're putting out there. So you're making your job a lot harder. And when I say your job, you're making your work feel drudgerous instead of it being more playful and going like, oh, I get to play into building my business instead of feeling like I'm pushing a boulder up a mountain at any point in time, it's going to crush me. (laughs) I love that. So how do you transition from somebody from that they're like, okay, I totally get it. I want to, I want to play. I want to have fun. How do I make money playing? 
You know, it starts really small because I, I like to remind people it's a habit. Like you've created a habit around either being in a state of constant stress. Like a, a lot of entrepreneurs are addicted to stress. In fact, I'd say the majority of them are addicted to like working hard, being stressed, maxing the plate, always pushing. And so we got to retrain our brain in a new direction. Just like if let's say, you know, you go like, oh, I can't understand why I'm 200 pounds overweight when I eat five boxes of donuts every day. <laughs> Same thing, right? You got to stop what? eating the donuts <laughs> and start shifting your habits. It's mm -hmm. the same thing with addiction to stress. You go like, okay, I want to have a more joyful life. It doesn't just like you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden you're like, I decided I want to have a more joyful life and everything's awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. Instead, you take small steps. So I just tell people, you know, to make an ad drop list. So they go, what do I want to add? What, mm -hmm. what brings me inspiration? What makes me feel good? What do I enjoy? Even in the current business you have or the current life you have, like what are, it, it, write down anything. I don't care if it's like, I love watching, binge watching my show at night, like write that down. You know, that's, you're still doing something that brings joy to you. Often that's just an escape mechanism, but let's say it brings you a whole bunch of joy. You keep doing that. Then you have a drop list and you write down everything that you don't enjoy. And you start to just take, do one thing at a time, you know, go like, okay, every day I'm going to choose to add, I'm going to choose to do one of those things on my ad list that brings me joy. I'm going to do a little bit more of that. And I'm going to start to drop the things that I don't until it becomes a habit. Then you add the next. And just like any habit formation, if you take on 50 things all at once, you're going to sabotage yourself pretty quickly. And so you just want to start small. You go like, what's one thing that brings me joy? I'm going to do a little more of that. And then the next day I'm going to do it. And you start to shift how you feel. And then you start to, your tolerance level for pain that you've created for yourself goes down <laughs> because you start to go like, oh, wow, I've created a miserable life for myself. This is my choice. No one's coming to save me from this. I've created my own reality. So I get to choose to do something different. I love that. And I love the addicted stress thing. And I think people misinterpret that as in, I love the stress. Now, I'm not saying that you love the stress. I'm saying that <laughs> I'm going to repeat exactly what you just said, is that when they start to bring in too many things at once that bring them happiness, all of a sudden, then they become overwhelmed by all the things that they have to do. And then they create stress out of too much happiness, which sounds really twisted and, and obscure, but it's the, that underlying quote unquote addiction that we need to create the stress and we don't get that it's us creating that, not the universe around us that does it. So it's like, what do you do when you're not doing anything where you're just sitting there staring at beige paint? Like, and then what happens? And it's when they start freaking themselves out that I should be doing something. This isn't right. I like, all that stuff that happens in that moment. Talk to me about that because I don't think any of these people actually sit down and stare at beige paint. <laughs> they should. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no one wants to consciously go like, wake up in the morning and go like, I can't wait to be stressed out today. <laughs> right. Like, yay. I aspire to feel like crap all day. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah. That you know, it's, yeah. You know, to me, it's, it's choice. It, everything comes down to choice. You've got to decide with conscious intention that you want something different. And the reason that most people don't do this is because they're in the comfort zone. I call it the curse of the comfort zone because like comfort zone sounds pretty good. You're like, I'm comfortable, right? Like I have the money I need to have coming in. I've got, I can go on a couple vacations a year. Things feel pretty good. Like they're fine. You know, like that's a curse in some ways because you're not uncomfortable enough yet to change. And it's why the universe will bring things like sicknesses, you know, 
like we get sick when we burn ourselves out, we get tired, bad things happen, weird things happen in our surroundings because it's working to get us back into alignment of going like, wait a second, is this actually what I want? The reason most people all start to change when they're at rock, you know, quote unquote rock bottom is because they finally give up the struggle of trying to hold it all up. And then they finally have to surrender and go like, crap, this is not working. This isn't working. And so I like to help people not have to get to that level of stress <laughs> in order to start to change. And so first you've got to start with choice. You got to ask yourself, like, is my life the way that I want it to be? Like, it, it, do I wake up every day and, and constantly seek a future that I'm creating? Because the future might never come. You've got to live for today. So you go like, am I doing what I love to do today? And start taking conscious steps in a direction to choose more, more activities, more thoughts, more actions that are in alignment with what you say you want, because you've got to become the person to, to have more of that brought into your life. Right. Like I, it's, it's easier in a dating world to think about it. Like people go, Oh my God, I want to have the most amazing, sexy, smart, awesome partner, but they're like overweight, unhealthy, negative, upset. How are you going to have that? You've got to become the person you want to be with. Same exact thing in business. You've got to become the entrepreneur who has fun in their business. It doesn't just magically happen to you. So I love that. And I love and I will say it again and repeat it, is you do not have to hit rock bottom in order to have that pivot point. It's just taking those small steps while knowing where you want to go and taking those small steps towards it. And not necessarily where you want to go in the full picture of what do I want to be when I grow up, just you know, what does happiness look like? What does stress-free look like? What does flow look like? <laughs> you know, wherever you're at and whatever you can see as opposed to being in that illusion of, hate misery all this stuff that's been created yeah yeah you know michelle a really simple question it, you just made me think of too is just to ask yourself like how do i feel today <laughs> like do i feel good today adding the word today <laughs> like do i feel good today and if you don't then you know that you know using that a very simple assessment tool like oh well what do i need to change you know today instead of six months down the road at the goal point that I have set for where my business will be then, because I promise you, when you get there, you'll just set another goal that will have you continuously, like we're talking about addicted to stress. And, and it's, and, and I like that you said, you know, people think that addiction piece is really important because it's, it's an unconscious addiction. It's, it's like being overworked is actually really praised in our society. Like people think it's a good thing to always be busy and to constantly be pushing and to always be achieving something next because we have a society that's full of people that feel like they have to prove themselves. So the, the way that we've set it up is like prove yourself through super hard work. And, you know, if you're lazy and relaxing too much, you're, you're, you don't have as much value in the same way and, and people don't like that. <laughs> so it doesn't feel good to relax. And we, we've trained ourselves not to relax. And when I say relax, you know, obviously entrepreneurs aren't going to switch from a mindset of like, I'm a go-getter. I love building my business. to so like, I'm going to sit on the couch and do nothing all day. The thing that I want people to experience and that I help people with is helping them have the freedom to choose, you know? So they go like, Oh, I have enough money flowing in that I feel good. And I get to make my choices are expanded. So, you know, time and money freedom is what we really all want because it gives us a feeling of peace and fulfillment and ease and joy and flow and relaxation. Nice. Love that. So give us a Cinderella story, an example of somebody that you've worked with when from they didn't like to what they loved. 
You know, I would say for most people, they are on the path to doing what they, what, what they, they, they're doing what they enjoy and then they get bogged down in the details. So I, I mean, it's every person I've worked with. So it's like, they go, like, they come to me and they go like, I'm making money in my business and I'm super stressed out and I'm constantly in fear. So I do polls of all the people I work with and um, I have a quiz that I have people go through and it's like, I've, uh, there's been over a thousand people in there. 75%, the majority of people say that they spend 75% of their day worried about money. And that could be like, they're worried it's not gonna make enough. They're worried that it's gonna go away. They're worried that something bad will happen in the environment and then it'll shift. I mean, this is like this constant place of worry. And so it drives them. And even if they think, well, I'm not really worried about money when you really pick pick into it, they start to go like, well, I, they're worried about retirement. So they might act not actually say I'm worried about money now in my business. But the reason that they're striving for that extra 2% is because they're like, oh, someday I'm, when I retire, I'm worried about having enough. You know, so it's always tied to that. So, you know, the Cinderella stories are the people that like break through and they go, oh my God, I actually can enjoy my business in the moment and I can build it over time. And I can see that it's a, a, a love affair for the long term, right? Like your business is not an overnight success. If you're a, if you're a person who steps into business and and you, let's say you've built several successful businesses and you have a huge network, you could be like the quote unquote overnight success because you have the systems in place and you have the knowledge and you have the network. You might be able to build a business pretty quickly. Most people who are starting businesses, they're learning a lot. That's a huge learning curve. And so learning to know that the process is going to take some time. And so I always tell people like patient, productive action, you know, you've got to be consistent, strategic, patient and commit and then recommit every day. So those Cinderella stories are the people who go like, oh my God, I just feel so much more relaxed in my day. And you see them smiling. Like, you know, it's like when I work with my clients and I see them go from this, like you can feel the stress, you know, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed, they're undercharging, they're working way too much to going like, oh my God, I created a program that I really enjoy. And I have people coming into it. I can see that it's growing. I feel really good. There's no such thing as like, oh, you go from like, you know, I'm barely making any money or making some money to like, oh, all of a sudden I'm making a million dollars. It doesn't work. I think that, you know, media has shown us a lot of false stories and people get that idea in their head. They're like, oh, that's what I can do. And if I'm not doing it, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough or it's not going to work. And I think that that's a myth that needs to be debunked to go like building a business is like raising a newborn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. It is. Okay. So what are some of those stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now? And they're thinking, oh my God, Amanda, I need you so badly. I would say the symptoms of not charging what you're worth of not making fun, easy money in your business is you, you feel burnt out. You feel stressed. You feel, you feel uncertain about the future. You could feel, you could feel resentful toward the people you're working with. If you wake up in the morning and your first thought is like, uh, yeah. those are some <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> if you, if you're things like perfectionism, like if you're hyper tweaking your website, a million times and you think when I get it just right, then I'll release the program that there's, those are symptoms that the imposter fears, like, um, is it good enough? Uh, oh, everyone else has done this before. Why, you know, like what's special about me? Have I run out of time? Maybe it's too late. You know, all those thoughts, the fears, the doubts, the uncertainties, even people who are afraid of success. So we go, okay, I'm afraid. What if it's so successful that I can't figure out how to manage my time and I won't have enough time for my kids? Like all of those are money blocks that come up for people. Yeah. that's, that is a big one. And I've seen people have is, 
well, if I'm already working 10 hours a day, if I work, if I make twice as much, I'm going to have to work 20 hours a day. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. Yeah. 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 Well, and the hard part is that if you believe that you will create it, I mean, obviously you're never, you're probably not going to work 20 hours a day. It's not sustainable for the long term, but you will create a business where you never make easy money because you're looking you know, like in neuroscience, the reticular activating system, it helps you track what you're, what you believe and what you're looking for, because it filters out all the other stuff. So that's awesome when it's set up for success, when it's set up with limiting beliefs, you track for what you believe. Meaning if you think I got to work really, really hard to make money, you're going to look for opportunities where you have to work really hard to make money. If you believe like money comes to me super easily, I create lots of passive streams of income. Money making is fun. It's a fun game. You look for opportunities to confirm that to be true. And so I like to help people train their brain in the direction of easy money-making success. Nice. Love that. So how quickly could somebody transition from wherever they are into what they want to do? They can transition the ideas very quickly and start to shift the systems. The outcome and results will take some time. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. So it depends on where they're already at in their business. So, you know, I've worked with people who are already making six figures and they're like, I just, I'm at a ceiling and I can't seem to break through. And they make some slight tweaks. They can double their money overnight very quickly with some very simple twists pivots and shifts and, you know, strategic system changes and first belief changes. (laughs) If they're brand new to business, it's going to take longer. You know, like I like to work with brand new business owners for a year because they need the mindset alignment. They need the strategy. They need the help. They need to get rid of all their money blocks. And if they don't, you know, they haven't done a created a business before it's going to take a little bit longer. Oh, absolutely. And then I find it fascinating that people well, a lot of the clients that I worked with were C-level in one company. They got a buyout and they decided, oh, I could do this so much better than they did. I'm going to start my own company. And what they mm-hmm. don't realize is that there is a huge mindset difference between even being a C-level executive and being an entrepreneur, uh, especially if they go into something where all of a sudden they don't have all of the support that they had as a C-level. So they don't have an assistant. They don't have their, the IT staff, the marketing staff, the everything <clears throat> that was there. And it's like, Wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it was. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, and it's because you keep blocking yourself and you know doing silly things that work great in corporate, but they just don't work as an entrepreneur. Like you can't, yeah, be doing silly things like, like the silly things to me, like going into their email first thing in the morning and going, okay, what should I be doing for my clients? It's like, no, you run your company. You have to start off running your company every day. <laughs> Yeah, just, you know, they don't get that because it's never been kind of part of their um, repertoire of thoughts, if you want to put it that way. So how do you work with somebody that just, you know, they don't get it, they were an employee, they were raised by employees, they've got a very much an employee mentality, but they see the freedom kind of signs on the road and they're like, okay, I want to go there, (laughs) but I don't have a clue how. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like first that you said it's a mindset switch. You know, it's like, I, I uh, talk to people a lot about the W2 mindset versus the entrepreneurial mindset. And then there's like a CEO mindset where past entrepreneurship, once you, as you're building your company uh, as an entrepreneur, you want to tap back into the CEO mindset where you're now running it like a company where you're not doing all of the work on your own and you're delegating and, and automating and systematizing and creating, you know, a, a company that can run without you. So you have those passive streams of income. So there's shifts. It's it's like a phase-based mentality. And I, I, you know, I think what you're saying is really powerful because you're talking about if, if 
someone's been raised, let's say in a family of W2, you know, they're, they're both their family, they're everyone in their family worked jobs and they weren't CEOs even or C-suite. And then they didn't watch entrepreneurs, you know, they're going to need to change their mindset quite a bit. And so it's, it's, it's just training your brain. So, you know, when I was on food stamps, I was super stuck, super scared, thought that I could never change. And then I had someone help me realize a coach that was like, well, you don't have wealth building on your value system. And I was like, Oh, you can just do that. <laughs> like, Oh, I didn't know that. I thought that, like wealthy people were like magical unicorns or something, you know? And so I started to read everything I could about money. And I started to implement when I was learning, I was like, Oh, money making is just a skill set. Becoming an entrepreneur is a skill set and it's training your brain habitually over time. And every time you notice yourself going back to old ways of thinking, like, oh, I, uh, like the fear, I think a lot of the fears that come up for people that go from like a salaried position to entrepreneurship is like the security of the paycheck. You know, it's like the benefits are gone. The security of the paycheck are gone. Now it's my job to schedule my day out completely. Like there's some big shifts that you make. And so you just do it strategically over time. One of the things I also like to help people with is transitional mindsets and transitional leaps. You know, it's like, you don't just go from like, oh, I'm a, I'm a C-suite executive to like, I'm going to take a leap and be an entrepreneur overnight. And I'm going to create an income that fulfills the C-suite income in, in a couple months because, you know, I'm a badass in my current company. You know, like I like to have transitional plans because when you, when you take a leap without, you could do that. Let's say you had a ton of savings. You could do that. Still, it's going to take you a while. So I like, I don't like to pe- put people in positions where they're like deer in the headlights, fears get triggered because then you can't take any action. You know, that's when you start to get into analysis paralysis and just such an intense state of fear, even if it's unconscious that you're going to have a hard time. Then the boulder gets heavier and bigger <laughs> that you're pushing up the mountain. I like people to be like, let's roll the mountain. Let's roll the boulder down the hill instead of pushing a giant mountain up a mountain. <laughs> that's awesome. Let's talk about transitional change first second because I love that because I think a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in the fantasy of quantum leaps which do happen and I get that and that's awesome but in that whole thought process they get stuck in the get rich quick mentality which I have seen be one of the most devastating mindsets that people can have is you know I'm just going to get rich quick and everything they go to tends to be either Ponzi schemes or like it's it's brutal to, to see them go down that path. What have you noticed as far as the ones that just want to have those quantum leaps of, I want to go from broke to a million in the next three days. <laughs> yeah. The biggest problem that happens for people with that mentality. And I agree with you. It's like microwave mentality, overnight success, you know, get rich quick type of thing is that they are, they feel very disappointed when it doesn't happen. And then they give up too fast. Um, James clear in atomic habits, he has this really cool chart and it's, he sourced it from someone else. And I don't know the name of the original scholar, but it's like this really cool curve and he it's called the Valley of disappointment. And he explains it about when we're making change. So it's like, people think it's supposed to be a straight line curve. Like, Oh, I start here and I get to point Z and it's all just straight line up and awesome. Actually at the beginning of anything new, it's the Valley of disappointment. I like to call the Valley of despair. I think it's even more powerful and, and how it works. People, they put their money in, they put their time and they put their energy in and they actually have a downward for a while. Like it's scary. They learn new parts of themselves. They're stepping out of their comfort zone. They're going to get a lot of 
of unconscious backlash because it triggers the survival threat of like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm completely uncomfortable. And so you start to get pulled back. You start to get your fears get increased. Everything that is holding you back increases. And even, you know, let's say that you can combat that fear. You're still, you're still going to be putting money, time, and energy in before you see the ROI in the very immediate. And so you get almost a dip, right? So it starts to, it's a downward curve and then it starts to go. And then when you stand the game long enough, it's an exponential upward. I like to think about growth as an exponential upward spiral. So we're never ending our growth cycle. And you're going to keep going through that spiral over and over and over again, as you take the quantum leaps, it's just not point A to point Z, like people think it is. And so when people get stuck in that, you know, it's like, Hey, let's have a reality check. Are you really dedicated to doing something for the next three to five years to make it successful? How much money do you want to invest? How much money are you willing, how, how uncomfortable are you willing to be? You know, how, how much stress do you like? What, like, what's the use stress zone where you're not too stressed out and you're, and, but you're challenging yourself enough. And so, you know, it's like asking those questions and getting really clear, like, okay, then what's the appropriate transitional plan for you, given your certain context, your specific context. Nice. I love that. So I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. So how do they start their journey with you? There's so many ways. I would say definitely take the money blocks profile. It's two minutes or less. They'll learn their top money block and then they'll learn a ton about themselves and, and how they think about money. Um, so if they go to moneyblocksprofile.com, moneyblocksprofile.com, two minutes, really easy, really fun. People love it. Um, they'll get a download of information, all that kind of stuff. And then everything else is on NFA money. So if they go to nfamoney.com, I've got a podcast, I've got all kinds of resources pretty soon once the, I don't know when this will be released, but once I have my, uh, the charge, what you're worth program launching on November 1st um, of, you know, at the time of this recording, that'll be November 1st, 2021. So if they're listening to it after that, it'll be there and they can work with me. Uh, it's a really fun program that digs into all of these fears, these doubts, these uncertainties, any money blocks, helping them up level where they're at. So they don't have to have burnout and, and feel stressed. And I, I want people to succeed in their businesses and feel good, you know, like, and, and know that it's, it's a, it's, your business is your baby. It's a long-term developmental process. Like let's do it where it feels good. And you get to wake up every day and be like, yeah, I love my life. Awesome. And as every parent knows, you can have good days and bad days. Yes. <laughs> but when you start to, you know, resent having had kids in the first place, it's time to go and see somebody that can help you with that stuff. Because business is awesome. People, you, the, to me, it is the ultimate in being able to discover who you are, what you're made of, and how to go out and rock the world. So don't give up when it gets down. Just go and talk to Amanda because she's awesome. Awesome. So I have to ask you this. At what point in your life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> you know, I, I have a long entrepreneurial journey story. I, I really thought I would never be an entrepreneur because my dad, my parents are, are serial entrepreneurs and I watched the up and down cycles of it. And then my ex-husband was an entrepreneur. We went bankrupt. Um, like I've had, you know, so I was like, I'm never going to be an entrepreneur, which is why I went back to school because I thought, oh, I'm going to get my PhD. And that's like the most secure job you can possibly get. I thought, and, you know, as I was working my way through grad, 
grad school, I saw the stress that the professors were under. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to move. I'm going to get paid 50 grand a year to work my ass off. I like, this is not what I want. I'm never going to pay off my student loans. And so I really, I, I, it, for me, it was the gift of coaching. I started seeing all the podcasts I listened to where I was listening about wealth building were done by coaches. And I was like, this coaching thing is kind of cool. Like you get to teach and make money and help people like unlimited amounts of money. And I just started following all of the coaches that were really successful. And I was like, I could do this. Like if they can do it, I can do it. And so I, you know, I decided to go for it. And now, you know, looking back, I go, oh, I could never for me, I could never work for someone else. Like I'm not employable because I'm way too strong headed and I'm way too, like, I love my time freedom. I love my time freedom. Like right after this podcast, my daughters are coming over because it's my oldest daughter's birthday. We're having lunch and hanging out for brunch for hours. I'm like, I created a life where I get to have a lot of freedom and, and schedule my day. I travel a lot. I, you know, I can do my business from anywhere and my life is, is very flexible. And so now I've got the entrepreneurial bug. The cool thing also is like, once you build a six-figure business, you have the skill set to do it. And then the sky's the limit from there. You just keep going and going and going, and you can always access those resources to do it. You know, I don't ever have that fear like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to come up with enough money because now I have such a, an awesome skill set that I'm like, oh, I'm very resourceful. I can, I can create money out of anything. Nice. I love that. It has been absolutely awesome being uh being able to hear and talk to you thank you so much for your time i appreciate it immensely any last words for our peeps i say you know for for people listening if you're in a state of fear doubt worry you're not alone like it happens to everybody it stay in it for the long haul connect to your why and really remember like you're the creator of your reality and, and this isn't in a harsh way no one's coming to save you you've got to be the person who decides I want this it's my dream I'm going to go for it even if it's scary even if I don't know what I'm doing even if there's ups and downs like stay committed and recommit every day and just hang out with people like us who are there to support you like there are amazing resources so just be resourceful and stay in the game if it's really what you want decide commit take action nice i love that that is awesome thank you so much this is michelle Nedelec. thank you for being here with us today if you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show or if you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to discuss reach out to me at michelle at the little blue pill for business.com or connect with me on linkedin or facebook i'd love to hear from you Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.